0: very much, and thanks to the tech people also. It's hard to follow along, but I appreciate what you're doing. We couldn't find the clicker today, so they're going to be controlling the slides from back there uh, rather than my controlling them um, from up here. All right, so the topic today is what to expect when you share the gospel, when you engage in evangelism, and you engage in gospel work. I have two results, two expectations from this passage. Both of these happen to the Apostle Paul. We can expect them to continue throughout church history. We can expect them to be present for you and me this day. Ready for the first, first result? It is this. Opposition accompanies Evangelism. It happened to the Apostle Paul, it's been going on throughout the ages, and we expect it to continue into this age. Opposition accompanies evangelism from the road cutter. I'll explain that in just a minute. Go to the next slide. Did you notice the opposition as we read? Go ahead and click. Go ahead and click it. Uh, go back to the previous slide and click, and you should fly in a, a little oval, a circle. Okay? You see there, afflictions. Did you notice that as we were reading? Go ahead and click again. Uh, back to the other slide. <laughs> yes, afflictions, and then again. Suffer affliction. And then one more time. Satan hindered us. Satan hindered us. Go to the next slide. And uh, the next one after that. So let me explain to you why I'm saying that Satan here is the road cutter. Opposition from the road cutter. You saw that word hinder. Satan hindered us. Originally, that word was a military term in the ancient world. And it means literally to chop up or to to cut into. And here's the idea. When an army was retreating and another army was advancing and pursuing and going after them, this army would chop up the road I don't know what they used, some kind of instruments and axes and picks, and they would chop up the road. Why would they do that? So that the advancing army would be hindered. Satan here is described as hindering. Chopping up the road. No, the advance is difficult. The gospel can't, it's laboring, can't get through. Opposition, affliction, Hindering accompanies gospel work. Have you experienced that yourself? I remember the first time that I experienced it. You may remember from a few weeks ago, I gave you my testimony. You may remember that I was saved when I was 14 years old. Well, very soon after that, uh, uh, I started witnessing and, you know, sharing the gospel within a few months, certainly within a year, and I was sharing the gospel. Well, one time I went into a laundromat and I was handing out gospel tracts, you know, little pamphlets that explain how to become a Christian, and I handed one to a fellow, and he took that tract, and he kind of looked at it, and I don't know, some kind of transformation came over him. I don't know if I have ever met someone oppressed by a demon, but I may have at that moment. And he took that gospel tract, and he went like this, And he he crumpled it up, and he said, and he held it, and he came up real close to me, and he said, get out of here. So you know what I did? I got out of there. (laughs) I was only, you know, 15 years old, 16 years old, and that was the first time, there have been other times that I experienced what the Apostle Paul's talking about opposition to gospel work. Pretty simple gospel work, just handing out some, some pamphlets. But Satan doesn't want that to happen. And he will use anything to hinder that kind of work. What might he use at Crossbridge to chop up the road and hinder the advance, the advance of the gospel What hinders gospel work corporately? I'll tell you a couple of things. Division. If Satan can divide this body, factions, groups, you know what I mean, who's in, who's out, gossip, tearing at each other, devouring each other, There's not going to be any gospel witness from that body. What did our Lord Jesus say? They will know you're my my followers by your love. So Satan loves to divide the body of Christ in order to chop up, hinder the advance of the gospel. How's Crossbridge doing in terms of unity? Is Satan dividing this body? For your consideration. I'm still new here. I'm finding out these things. (laughs) Another way he might hinder the gospel ministry of Crossbridge is uh, immorality. You know, our personal witness, our, our words don't match our behavior. You know what I'm saying? If you're lying, if you're if you have a, a dirty mouth, if you're sexually immoral, if you, if, you, if, you, if you, you know, financially, you've got to steal and cheat. Well, what kind of gospel witness are you going to have? Jesus saved me, and he can save you. And that would hinder, right, that poor lifestyle, that immoral lifestyle would hinder gospel ministry. And so Satan might tempt you in those ways. Because one thing he's determined to do is to hinder this good news. How else might Satan hinder and chop up the road? Uh, persecution. That's what we see in our, in our passage, you know, opposition. Satan throughout church history has used persecution. And the persecution can be at you know, different levels. It can be just sort of social persecution, like they make fun of you or something. Or it can be governmental persecution, they put you in jail or you know, something to fine you or something like that. Or it can be, you know, do you know your church history? I mean, they kill people. And did you know they're doing this in other parts of the world? We're actually the minority in this level of persecution, opposition that we're experiencing. Now listen, you guys, when you experience opposition, and you will, it's in the Bible, it's been throughout church history, it's happening today in other parts of the world. When you experience this, I don't want you to fall away from the Lord. Some people, when they experience persecution, they feel like, whoa, whoa, what is this? I mean, I didn't sign up for this. I mean, you know, God works everything for good to those that love him, and I didn't expect to forget this thing. I was speaking to everyone here today, but maybe specifically to the young people. You will experience Opposition. if you are serving God, living for him, sharing the gospel. And it is likely, this opposition is likely to increase in the years ahead. Now, we don't know, but that seems to be the trajectory that we're on. Our society is becoming more like Western Europe, more like the other secular parts of this world. And you can almost... Be guaranteed opposition will accompany, perhaps even persecution. I'm getting really old, right? You don't have to answer that. (laughs) I don't know in my lifetime, you know, if we stay on this same trajectory of opposition, I don't know what it might look like in my lifetime, but in your lifetime, young people, what do you expect? One of my friends told me about an African bishop in the church, you know, a man of stature, and he was a bishop in the church. And he was talking about opposition and you know, pushback and persecution in his culture. And he said, I expect to die in my bed, meaning die of natural causes. I expect to live out my life. But if we stay on this same path, I expect my son to die in prison. I expect his son to die by execution. Well, he's not a prophet, and I'm not a prophet, but we see in the scripture, we see throughout the world, we see in church history, opposition accompanies evangelism. Now, next slide. This opposition comes from the road cutter. That's Satan. It also comes from fellow countrymen, or you might say Satan uses fellow countrymen. Next slide. And click it to show the little circle here. You suffered, no, yep. you suffered the same things from your own countrymen as they did from the Jews who killed both the Lord Jesus and the prophets. For us, this might mean classmates. It might mean family members. It might mean whatever, fellow countrymen. Let me show this to you from the first century, maybe the second century. Next slide. This is an actual... uh, line drawing. It's like graffiti. I'm going to clean it up in a minute so you can see what it actually is. This is a line drawing from the catacombs in Rome. Do you know about the catacombs? It's like these, uh, these crypts, these burial places where they would bury people. And the Christians who were being persecuted would go, would go down into the catacombs and they'd, they'd hold church services there and they'd pray together. Well, this was found down there in the catacombs. Go ahead to the next slide. Can you see Can you see it? So somebody is being crucified. Can you see that? What about the head of the person being crucified? Yeah. It's a donkey. It's a a mule, something like that. And do you see there's a fellow on... uh, on his left, he's kind of like shouting, kind of like talking up to the, to the cross. Here's, and the letters are there. They're, they're, they're just graffiti letters, but here's what it says if you translate it. Click one more. Alexamenos worships his God. Ha! Some God! Gods don't get crucified. You, you, let's just put a donkey head. <laughs> Opposition. Social, familial, family, governmental. Let me give you an example from our own society. Opposition. This comes from the Phil Donahue show, the new Phil Donahue show, way back in the 70s and 80s. He had a television talk show, and he'd interview guests, kind of like Oprah or something now. And then, uh, and then he had the new Phil Donahue show in the early 2000s. I think it was just uh, online. But uh, one day, Phil Donahue had uh, two guests on his program talking about religion and Christianity. One of the guests was... Rabbi Shmuley Boutique. And the other guest was the president of the Southern Baptist Seminary. His name is Al Mohler. And they were talking about this issue of what we call the exclusiveness of Christ. You know what I mean? The the singularity of Christ. Our society wants to make all religions flat and equal and just find your own way and whatever truth is good for you. But the Bible says Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Like we sang this morning, what can wash away my sin? Nothing. But? The song doesn't say what can wash away my sin. Well, there's three things. You <laughs> do This claim to follow, this discipleship, 1 Thessalonians, this this handbook of discipleship says Jesus alone. Okay, here's the conversation from uh, the uh, new Phil Donahue show. So Donahue says to Moeller, Moeller's the Baptist guy, the president of the the, the seminary. uh, He says, do you believe that Jews can go to heaven? And remember, there's a rabbi sitting there on the stage. Moeller said, Southern Baptists along with other Christians, believe that all persons can go to heaven who come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's no discrimination on the basis of, like, ethnic or racial or national issues. Donahue jumped in and interrupted him. You cannot possibly look a person in the eye and say, if you don't come to Jesus, you're not going to heaven. That reeks of prejudice. Prejudice. The rabbi jumps in. Reverend Moeller, however intelligent of a scholar he may be, is a spiritual Neanderthal with repulsive, revolting views. Moeller says, Well, all I know is that the only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ, and that all who are there come by his grace and mercy alone. There's nothing in us that merits salvation, so humility has to be the Christian posture. Donahue says, There is nothing humble about telling me that I'm not going to heaven if I don't believe in Jesus. That's not humility, that's arrogance. Muller says, well, I understand your point. It could be arrogance if that were our message. But I didn't make up this message. This is what the Son of God himself said. And if it's the truth, then it would be hateful and intolerant of me not to share with you what we believe to be the truth. I can't compel anyone to come to Christ, but I do have the responsibility with gladness and joy to share the good news of the gospel. The rabbi jumps in. You should be ashamed of yourself, and it's time you finally change. See, the world, I mean, this, this message of the exclusiveness of Christ, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. This, this, doesn't, this doesn't sit well with our world. opposition it could be in the family it could be societal, they could make laws opposition accompanies gospel witness here are some verses just to show you that this is a consistent message throughout the scripture if they persecuted me just one at a time they will persecute you Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ, Jesus will be persecuted. You receive the word in much affliction. That's from our book, 1 Thessalonians. From Revelation, do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer, I tell you. The devil will put some of you in prison to test you, and you will suffer persecution. Persecution. Jesus said, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in the present age along with (laughs) persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. So My my friends, this is our first teaching from 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and chapter 3. Opposition accompanies evangelism. Don't be surprised if and when it happens. It's just the way it is. And we band together in unity to support each other and encourage one another and listen to each other and pray for one another because this message about Jesus in some circles, is a very, very unpopular message. But we didn't make it up. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The Apostle Peter said on the day of Pentecost, he was preaching, he said, there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. No other name under heaven given among men whereby we can be saved. And that is the first teaching, that is the first result that you can expect when you share the gospel. Second one, second one, aren't you glad that we can turn the corner here? (laughs) Yes, opposition, but also encouragement. Yes, that is also what comes to those who share the gospel. Here it is in our passage. I wonder if you noticed it. Chapter three, and click for a little circle. We have been comforted. That's the word encourage. Uh, you know, invigorated and enlivened. We have been comforted about you through your faith. For now we live. Whew. You can hear the Apostle Paul say, Oh, I'm so glad you guys are doing great. What joy I have. One more little circle. We thank God for all the joy that we feel for you, for your sake, before our God. Joy, life, encouragement also accompanies evangelism. This is the feeling that the Apostle Paul is talking about. This is the feeling that comes from being used by God in the most important work in the universe. The most important work in the universe is being a gospel witness, sharing God's glory, inviting other people to honor him and worship him. This work is exhilarating, and it is humbling. So if your Christian life He's kind of flat. Maybe you're, maybe you're kind of spiritually grumpy. You come to church and you like to complain about things more than enter into the Spirit. Maybe you're not really alive. And maybe the reason is because your thoughts are going this way. Me, my needs, my concerns, I'm busy. Me. If your thoughts go this way into gospel work, Maybe you will find joy, encouragement, life. This is what Paul's talking about, the most exhilarating work in the universe. All right, I'm going to ask the musicians to come forward, and I'm going to conclude with a story. This is a true story. This is a story uh, that came from London a number of years ago. For 18 years, a man stood outside the steps of the House of Commons. You know, the Parliament building, the entranceway. He just, he he stood there. From 9 o'clock until 5 o'clock, every weekday, he stood there. One of the members of the House of Commons noticed this and, you know, wondered what was going on and checked into things and he found out that this was actually the guy's job. He was paid to stand there. You see, uh, he had inherited the job from his father, who did the same thing. His father had it inherited from the guy's grandfather, and here, here was the deal. He checked into it. The grandfather originally had been hired to stand there to warn people about wet paint. I don't know if the paint job, you know, if, 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 it, if he was there for a day, if he was hired for a day, or maybe the paint job took a whole week or a whole month, but that was his job. Here, don't, don't touch this. He warned people about the paint. Well, after the paint dried, <laughs> and after the paint was over, he just kept going, and he was on the government payroll, and then he handled the job to his son, <laughs> and then he handed it to well, when the facts became known, the British people were outraged. Tax money is being wasted. This is ridiculous. How inefficient. And they were right. They have a point. But my thoughts went to the guy. I just wonder did he have any ambitions in life? Could we say that he was really alive? Do you want your life to count for something? Yes. Do you want to know what the Apostle Paul's talking about? Encouragement, joy, life, now we really live. You may want to try getting involved in gospel work, evangelism. Because yes, opposition accompanies it, but also encouragement and joy Heavenly Father, help us to be your ambassadors and spread your word through Christ our Lord, Amen Amen.